You're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern. Helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Mattern, your host of the All Indie Writers Podcast. Thank you for joining me today for episode number two. You can find show notes and links to resources mentioned in this episode by visiting allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash two. In today's episode, we're going to talk about creating demand for your freelance writing services. I'll answer a question about resources for urban fantasy and mystery writers, and I'll refer you to a new ebook that can help new and experienced bloggers write better online content. Let's get to it. Today, I want to start by talking about freelance writing and why it's so important to build a demand for your services. But first, let's think about what we consider traditional marketing or traditional ways of finding freelance writing jobs. You probably would think of querying, sending query letters, emails, or even cold calling. But the basic idea is the same with all of those. You find prospects or publications that you want to write for, and you pitch them. You see if they have any need for your talents, and you try to convince them that you have something of value to give to them. What I want to focus on is what I like to call query-free freelancing. And this is something I've talked a lot about over the years at All Indie Writers, which is formerly allfreelancewriting.com. The whole idea is to create a demand where clients are coming to you rather than you constantly seeking out new prospects, pitching them, waiting to hear from them, and then finally, if you're lucky, hashing out your contracts. It's a constant cycle of pitch, deal with rejections, or deal with negotiations. And you're not the one with power, I guess you could say, in that situation. With query-free freelancing, the clients come to you already knowing that they need you. You are suddenly in a much better position when it comes to setting terms and dealing with negotiations. The problem that a lot of newer freelance writers have is that they focus exclusively on querying and they neglect so many other things that could be bringing in work. And really the key to the query-free side of things is building a professional platform. When you have a strong professional platform, what that means is that you have a built-in audience or followers, fans, whatever you want to call them. Um, These are people who are ready and willing to work with you, whether that means buying your freelance services, buying your eBooks, buying your courses, or whatever it is that you have to offer. When you build this kind of platform, what you get in return is greater security. And you are, like I said before, put in a sort of a position of power as a business owner. It means you set your rates. You're not going to a publication and taking whatever they offer. It means you set the payment terms. You get to be more selective in the types of gigs that you want to take on when clients are coming to you more than likely, you know, in time and I'm only talking about a few months here, you could be at the point of having a waiting list where you get to say, yeah, that's a normally, you know, a great gig, but eh, I'm not really up for that right now, or the niche doesn't excite me, or it's not really in my specialty area, so I'd rather not, 
Or maybe you just don't get a good vibe from a certain prospect. You are never in a position where you feel stuck having to take something that you don't want to take on. It gives you such an immense amount of freedom when you have a constant flow of new prospects coming to you already ready and willing to work with you. You know, another benefit is that the time you spend marketing through query free freelancing, it leads to greater overall visibility. It's public marketing rather than client specific marketing, like taking the time to write a query letter, send emails, come up with cold call scripts, make those calls. You know, all that time that you're spending doing that, that doesn't help you reach anyone else except for who you're currently trying to pitch. With query-free freelancing and building your platform, the time that you're putting into your marketing, it continually pays off and it exposes you to multiple prospects. One other benefit is that the marketing channels that you use when building a platform can actually bring in their own direct revenue. So you build residual revenue streams and simply alternate income sources that can help you through any slow periods you might come across. But I would be remiss if I neglected to point out what is perhaps the biggest benefit of query-free freelancing, whether you use that strategy exclusively or alongside your querying, is that you get to require things like upfront payments. You know, this goes back to dictating payment terms. When you're in demand, you're in control of how payments take place. For me, that means payments are coming in in full, upfront. I never have to chase late payments. And you know, that's such a common complaint that I see new freelancers talking about because they didn't ask for payment up front. They don't even have a deposit up front. You know, I, I would suggest that you at least start with a 50% deposit up front for all new projects. And as you build that demand and you have more demand for your services than time to put into projects and you get to be more selective, you're going to get a lot less pushback on paying in full up front. So if you never want to deal with late payments again, the only way you can guarantee that is by getting payments in full. And you get payments in full up front by being in control of the situation, by having more demand than you can take on. And that is what Query Free Freelancing can do for you. Now, I want to talk briefly about how you can do this, how you can build your platform, how you can build this kind of demand for your services that gives you more control and gives you more security. Um, start by specializing. You're not going to build demand for yourself as a generalist as well as somebody who specializes. Demand for a freelance writer. I mean, there's always demand for a freelance writer, and there are also thousands if not millions of people out there willing to offer those services. Nothing stands out. And you're not trying to build demand for a certain type of service. You're trying to build demand for you. Specializing helps to put that emphasis on you as a unique service provider, a unique freelancer among the crowd. And it really gives you a chance to shine and show prospects what you bring to the table that other freelance writers do not. Some of the specific things that you can do to help you build this platform early on would be things like setting up a strong web presence. 
If you want to build demand for your services and you want clients to be able to find you and be able to contact you easily, you need to have a website. I also strongly suggest that you have a professional blog. That might mean having a blog that targets your clients or your prospective clients directly. Or it could be a blog that covers your specialty niche and shows clients that you know what you're talking about. What you do with your blog is essentially make yourself an authoritative source of information. You build a reputation around it. And then clients are much more happy to pay for that authority in their own projects. And you're also more likely to get bylines. Rather than hiring you as just some writer to ghostwrite blog posts for them, suddenly your name lends credibility to the pieces. So they have much more interest in putting your name on the work. Now, it's, you don't have to always specialize in a niche. You can specialize in different project types. And, you know, ghostwriting is a type of specialty. Um, ghost blogging, there's big money in ghost blogging. If you target specific niches, such as corporate clients. But anyway, let's move beyond having a blog. Other ways that you can build this credibility or authority status that helps you build demand for yourself as a freelancer is to publish within your specialty area. That might mean short guides, it could be ebooks, or you could publish print books. You also want to make sure that you have a strong search presence, and this is again where your website and blog come into play, um, as well as your books. Everything you do, you want to build a strong search presence for yourself. Um, when clients are looking for a writer with your specialized background, you want to be one of the first writers they come across. If you aren't ranking on the first page of Google for the keyword phrases that your prospects are looking for, they are probably not going to find you when they're looking. So do what you can to make sure that your website or your blog are ranking well in the major search engines. But beyond that, in addition to finding you through search, prospects are likely to find you through referrals. They are going to ask people that they trust who they might recommend or they might read reviews and testimonials. And whether or not you are that freelance writer being referred to new prospects depends a lot on your own professional network. It is important that you not allow yourself to become totally isolated as a freelancer. Even if you work alone, there are plenty of opportunities online or in local networking groups where you can meet other writers you're also going to have a network of clients. And the more contracts you land, the bigger that network's going to grow. And you also want to keep in touch with prospects who contact you every now and then, you know, with their permission, of course. And remember that it's not enough to keep in touch with people. Do something for them. Reach out. The more you give, the more you get. If prospects come to you with gigs that you're not interested in or gigs that aren't a good fit for you, don't just turn them away. Refer them to another writer who might be very happy to take on that gig. And with any luck, if they're in a similar situation, they will remember that and refer you. You also can't be afraid to directly ask for referrals. Occasionally talk to your past clients, send out an email or give them a call and just let them know that you're available for new work. And if they don't need you right now, ask you know, hey, do you know anybody who might? Do you have a colleague of your own who might 
like a similar project to what I've done for you in the past. You might be surprised at how willing clients can be to help you land other gigs. But okay, let's have a quick recap on some of the things that you can do to build your own professional platform to begin pushing into query-free freelancing, whether or not you currently deal with querying or job boards or however you normally find gigs now. That includes having a strong web presence, making sure it is visible in search engines, including a blog, if at all possible. You should publish within your specialty area, guides, ebooks, print books. Even think of other things that information products, if you want to call them, that can lead to direct income sources, but also raise your credibility or your authority status, like webinars or e-courses. And then focus on your network and don't be afraid to seek referrals. In addition to the options I mentioned here, I'll include a link to my blog post with 30 ways to build your writer platform in the show notes, which you'll be able to find at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash two. In the meantime, let's move on to a question from the All Indie Writers community. Nicole Christofferson asks, Do you know of any good blogs that teach how to write either urban fantasy or mystery? Urban fantasy, for example, like Holly Black's A Modern Fairy Tale series. I am far from an expert on urban fantasy, so I'm hesitant to recommend many resources in that genre, but there are a few safe bets that come to mind, um, although only one of them is actually a blog. First, I would suggest turning to writers' organizations related to the fantasy genre, like the SFWA. I don't know how much you'll find on their website specific to urban fantasy, but connecting with like-minded authors is always a good place to start. If you're not in a position to join the organization yet, at least consider checking out their writing tips. You can find those by visiting sfwa.org and going to the resources section, then click for authors, then information center, then writing tips. And I'll put a direct link to that in the show notes, which you'll find at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash two to make that easier for you to access. Another networking option is to join the Absolute Right forums at absoluteright.com. They have an urban fantasy subforum. And again, I'll provide a direct link in the show notes to make that easier to access. That is a good place where you can ask direct questions or even look through older conversations among authors who specialize in that genre. I would also suggest checking out Chuck Wendig's blog at terribleminds.com. While I don't see an urban fantasy-specific section to the blog, I do know that he sometimes talks about the topic, so I would suggest digging a little bit, either with on-site search or by doing a site-specific Google search for that term on his site. And if you aren't sure how to do that, again, I'll put an example in the show notes to help you out. Now, I do pay more attention to mystery blogs, so I have a few that I can recommend. The first is from Elizabeth Span Craig, and you can find her blog at elizabethspancraig.com, and that span is spelled S-P-A-N-N. If you go to the footer of her site and choose the mystery writing tips category, you'll find a collection of articles that will probably be helpful for you. She also offers a lot of more general tips for writers that are fantastic, 
and she puts together these great compilation posts that point to other articles on other blogs that you might have an interest in. They're not all mystery-specific, but they're excellent resources. The second blog I'm going to recommend is Lee Laughlin's Graveyard Shift blog, which you can find at leelaughlin.com, L-E-E-L-O-F-L-A-N-D.com. This blog has great information on police procedure, if that plays a central role in your mysteries. For example, he was recently posting a crime glossary series on the blog. Um, I found that very useful. I'm not sure if he finished the series or not, so it might still be ongoing. Other examples of recent posts are one explaining how DNA testing works, and there is even one, which is not for the faint of heart, that takes you through the autopsy process, including autopsy photos. So consider yourself warned. The third blog I'll recommend is The Kill Zone, which you can find at killzoneauthors.blogspot.com. This blog has a lot of good information specifically about writing suspense. So it has value to mystery writers, thriller authors, and I'm sure authors covering plenty of other genres. Great stuff in their archives, so dig through there a little bit. And those are the top resources that came to mind, so I hope that helps. Now it's time to move on to this episode's recommended resource. And this week, I'd like to recommend a resource from a colleague, Alicia Raids. While she's not necessarily a new blogger anymore, you could say she's one of my favorite bringing some young blood to the blogosphere these days. Alicia is a freelance blogger, and what I love about her posts is the way she lays everything out in an easy-to-follow manner. Basically, whatever she's blogging about, she makes it easy to digest. And that's a skill more bloggers could benefit from. Fortunately, Alicia has a new ebook available that can help you whether you're just getting started as a blogger or you're an experienced blogger looking to improve your approach to writing great blog content. The ebook is called The Beginner's Guide to Writing Quality Online Content. You can get it on Amazon for $2.99. Or if you have a blogging related question that you'd like me to answer in a future podcast episode, you can submit your question by this coming Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern for a chance to win a copy of Alicia's ebook. To do that, you can visit allindiewriters.com slash podcast and contact me in any of the ways mentioned there via email through the online form on that page or by calling in and leaving a voicemail. And I'll give you that contact information here as well. Email me at jen, J-E-N-N, at allindiewriters.com and please include the word podcast in your subject line, or leave me a voicemail with your question at 484-575-1345. Again, that's 484-575-1345. If you leave, leave me a voicemail, please include your email address at the end so I can contact you. If you don't include an email address, I cannot put you into the drawing for the giveaway. Again, questions have to be received by 5 p.m. Eastern on Monday, November 10th. That's this Monday coming up. And I'll announce the winner on the blog on Tuesday at allindiewriters.com slash blog. The winner is going to receive their ebook sent as a gift through amazon.com. 
That's all I have for you today, but before I go, I'd like to invite you to submit your own writing-related questions to be answered in a future episode, whether or not it's a blogging-related question for the giveaway. You can submit your questions online via email at jen, J-E-N-N, at allindiewriters.com, or by leaving me a voicemail at 484-575-1345 that might be played during a future episode. You can get more details or submit your questions directly at allindiewriters.com slash podcast. You can also access this podcast and related audio productions by visiting freelancetheater.com. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the All Indie Writers Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern, a freelance theater production. Freelance theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.